All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? How's it going? Where are we at? Where are we at as a country? Where are we at as a planet? Where are we at as, you know, just a guy sitting in a room on a mic? That's where I'm at. Today on the show, Alex Borstein is here. You know her from Mad TV, uh, also as the voice of Lois in Family Guy, and for her Emmy-winning performance as Susie on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, the final season of that premieres tomorrow. Also, her first ever comedy special premieres next week. It's called Alex Borstein, Corsets and Clown Suits. And um, it's weird. You know, I've I've known about Alex for a long time. I've seen some of her work. I'm not a family guy guy. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know that I watched any mad TV. I watched, I watched the first season of marvelous Mrs. Maisel, but I did watch her, her special, which is sort of a, it's a, it's a combination of things. It's a, it's comedy, but it's also, there's a, uh, uh, what's the word cabaret element to it. It's an odd thing. And she's the filthy, which I, I appreciate. Um, also we had to start this interview for some reason. I think it was the winds this time uh, the power was out when we started so we were sitting in the dark with batteries and then it came on uh about 10 minutes in and we switched over so there is a shift in audio quality because of that also you'll notice during the uh the conversation that neither of us remembered to really mention or or for some reason realized uh, uh again until uh, somewhere in the middle that we were both in the bad guys. So that was uh, an exciting moment. I don't think, I don't think Alex really knew that I was in the bad guys. You, you, you decide when you hear the moment you decide. Also, I have a very specific plug because I want to help uh, a friend of mine, a friend of the shows. It's a very specific show. Uh, Danny LaBelle, a comedian has a new film that's a half comedy special, half documentary called Reconquistador. And it's about this uh, trip he took to Spain to trace his Sephardic roots and perform in the old country. Uh, now, here's where it gets a little specific. It's, it's playing at the Lamley Town Center in Encino, California on Wednesday, April 26th. Go to Lamley.com for tickets. L-A-E-M-M-L-E.com. Very specific plug, but he could use people there because he's trying to uh, to get it picked up or sold to a streamer so people can actually see it. So if you're anywhere in the Encino area, go see this thing that Danny, uh, it's taken a while for him to, to put it together, but here it is. And uh, if again, if you're in, in Encino on April 26th, you can go to, to the Lamley Town Center to see Reconquistador. Also, I, I like to give a shout out to in another current events. This uh, I don't know what's going on with this Bud Light thing. I do think it's interesting. Like it, it's weird how when you start to see people who latch on to things who don't give a fuck about it, but are just looking like you know when you get somebody like you know Kid Rock. I mean, who gives a fuck? about Kid Rock just sort of bumper hitching onto the hate machine for a little anger juice to try to grab a bit of, of quickly fleeting relevance like he gives a shit, you start to really realize that there's a whole bunch of 
personalities that are just grifting on the stupidity of the uh, the hate market. Oh, I can't. Even just talking about that, even just thinking about that out loud just made me exhausted. Seriously. It just made me feel like, you know, oh, my God, I'm disappearing as I say this. Um, in lighter news, I took a buster to the vet today. Um, here's what's weird about me and why I don't have a dog. If you want to know, like some people ask me, like, why don't you have dogs? I'm like, first of all, I grew up with dogs. And second of all, my incomplete enmeshment with the three cats I have and cats are not as needy or as attentive or as affectionate or as, um, I don't know. Right now, Charlie Beans is pretty intelligent. He can fetch and shit. He knows his name. Uh, he'll play. He'll he'll chase a ball and come get it. I don't think he could handle a Frisbee, but he can do a ball in the house, a small, scrunchy ball. But because of my enmeshment and my insane projections and, and uh, uh, anthropomorphizing of my cats, the idea of even having a dog uh, is is crazy. It would, it would drive me crazy. I would not be able to have any life at all without panic. And that's also why I don't have children. Because like Buster, who's almost seven, who, as some of you know, when he was less than a year old, ate some fucking plant and went into renal failure. I saved his life, but uh, we're not sure what his kidney function is or if both of them are even working. I feel like he might just have one going. But now he's, you know almost seven. And here's why I took him to the vet. He seemed to be not eating as much as he usually does. He threw up once after he ate, which I think was probably because he ate too fast. And, uh, and he's acting very friendly and very needy and, and kind of, uh, uh, adorable. And I thought like, what the fuck is wrong with this cat? He's usually a little, a little standoffish, but, uh, sweet nonetheless. But now he's just sort of like, what, all of a sudden he's like, Mr. Nice guy, Mr. Climb on my chest, Mr you know, kind of rubbing himself up against me. And I thought, like, he must be dying. That's how my brain works. This cat's acting differently. He doesn't seem sick. He's actually kind of a nicer cat. I better take him to the vet. So I took him to this new vet. Got old Buster checked out. Got some blood work. Haven't heard back yet. But uh, I'll try not to assume that because he's becoming a sweeter old cat that for some reason he's dying. Uh, on the vegan front, I think I might have eaten some egg and some bread products. I'm, I'm going to let it go. And also, made my own falafel. Deep fried it, the whole fucking thing, and it came out spectacular. Also, figured out how to make good hummus. I'll give you a hint. Uh, requires a Vitamix. It's about texture, mostly. You know, if you want to get it like the stuff you get in the supermarket, and texturally. I always thought there was some mystery to it. Like, what kind of magic grinder do these Middle Eastern people have that makes their hummus so smooth? But uh, but I'm hanging in there. Got to make an appointment for the blood work. That's where we're at. I think you're all caught up. Alex Borstein was uh, a good time. As I said, tough, filthy, funny. Loved it. Uh, the final season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel Premieres tomorrow, April 14th on Prime Video. Her comedy special, Alex Borstein, Corsets and Clown Suits, 
premieres next Tuesday, April 18th, also on Prime Video. And again, I should tell you that at the beginning of this conversation, we were battery operated because there was a power outage in my neighborhood. Okay, heads up. You'll hear it. What are you looking at? You get your, your sign language, WTF. I know. Isn't that interesting? I mean, somebody uh, gave that to me a long time ago. And um, I've, I've just kept it. I, I don't think everybody knows what that is. I'm special. Do you know sign language? A little bit. Have you had to use it? No, it was, you know, I took that as a language in university. And have you communicated with the deaf? Maybe inadvertently, but <laughs> I mean, um, I don't have any deaf, you know, members of my family yeah. or, or people in my immediate. I'm friends with Marley Matlin, but Marley's a lip reader. You know, she doesn't. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, she doesn't need to sign with people who don't she, know how to sign? Oh, she, she does can... not need to. But yeah, I took it in college and I took it with my friend Chris and we used to go on the weekends to the movies and not speak and try to use our sign language to communicate and, <laughs> yeah. and see if we could get through a day and we, we could maybe do like a half an hour. Did you did people think you were deaf? Perhaps until yeah. we started, you know, giggling and yeah. realized we didn't know how to say something. What so in college what else did you do? I ate a lot. Uh yeah. I I did. I ate a lot. There was a candy machine in the dorm and I Where'd you, where'd you go? San Francisco State. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, I studied rhetoric. What, I, what does that mean, rhetoric? It, what does it mean? Rhetoric. I always tell people I have a BA and BS. Yeah. Um, but it's not like l logic. Rhetoric. No, different. it's not like logic. I mean, it's the art of persuasion. It's 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 being able to persuade the masses with oh, really? language. Yeah, speaking. A lot of people become lawyers and go into advertising. Were there any classes where the teacher said, look, you know, Hitler was a bad guy. But I think we could really learn something. Let's study his speeches. Well, no, actually, you do look at you. We looked at speeches of yeah. of, of bad guys of as well as good guys. Yeah, you know the we're looking at the Checkers speech with Nixon, which is a famous one. Yeah, yeah, a lot of Hitler's addresses, early Hitler, early, early Hitler, yeah. the good stuff yeah. before he went pop. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was it was a, a really good. In retrospect, do you think it uh, helped you at all or did anything? Oh, absolutely. Yeah? I mean, comedy is persuasion and yeah. anything you write. I, I worked in advertising. That's what I did first. Oh, was, my God. Really? It was great. Yeah. So where'd you, what, but where'd you grow up? Here? You didn't grow up here. I grew up both. I, um, a suburb of Chicago and then Southern California. Which suburb? Chicago. Uh, Deerfield. Is born that... in Highland Park. Oh, yeah. Jews. Yeah, happy Passover. By yeah, the way. to you too. Thanks. So I'm I'm from both places a little bit, but I like Chicago. I love Chicago. It's great. It's an easy town. Yeah, it's easy. It's not. It's not as hard on you as New York, but it's a real city. You know, yeah, it's than got LA its own and, thing, and people are not ashamed to eat or smoke. Oh, yeah, everybody's really real there. And, <laughs> yeah, and the food's real. And yeah, the pizzas are deep, and the meat is fatty. And... Yeah, I I will go to uh, uh, Lou Malnati's every time I'm there. You're a Malnati's. Yeah, I don't give a fuck what people say. I I like Malnati's. I also I'm not hardcore. I also like to you know. Um, oh my god, I can't even think of the name right now. Did, uh, oh yeah, uh, I was gonna say DiGiorno, but that's the shit you get at home. <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah. What is it? Ah, I can't even think of it right now. Do you know Pequods too? No. Oh, that's another one. But you're talking about the other big one, and I can't remember it either because I'm old. 
uh, it'll, almost, it'll come to me. It's we'll, almost I'll, DiGiorno. I'll it's close. It. It's close. Yeah. I'll scream it in the middle. But I like, I'll defend Lou's all day long. I don't like, and I don't eat it any other time. If I, I go to Chicago, I I'll eat it. I sometimes get it shipped. When I'm working in really? Brooklyn, I'll ship. The deep dish. Malnado's to Brooklyn. Don't, yeah. t- don't tell New Yorkers. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's a different thing. And then there's people that argue it's not really pizza. But you know what? I got... I feel the same way about the cities. I have there's yeah. a place in my heart for both places. I'm not like for a Chicago woman. and New York and L.A. and like pizza's fucking great anywhere. I love Kinda. pizza. I can even have like roller rink pizza. That's you know three fifty a slice. And the only time pizza's bad is when the the crust is uh, is soggy. I might agree with that. That's the only fucking time. I mean, if there's a soggy crust situation or if you go to lift it up and it can't hold together, I'm like it. It angers me. In a way that's slightly disturbing. The thing I don't like is too much red sauce. Oh, yeah? Too much tomato sauce yeah. can kill it for me. But you have a sense that this is L.A.'s a city? I've been trying to, I'm grappling with that lately. It's a series of villages. Yes, yeah, that's right. That's they're, what it is. They're yeah. tied together. I always say that, like, L.A. has no, th- there's no torso. It's yeah. all limbs. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. no torso. There's no center heart. Yeah. But they're limbs, and limbs are fucking important, and sure. they're great. And you can find beautiful things on the tips of the fingers. And, yeah. Um, you know, I'm in Pasadena, and it's yeah, charming, pretty. and I love it. Yeah. There's, there's a, a bunch of museums there. There's, there yeah. is life. There is sure. culture. And, and do you, you go to them? I do sometimes. I got kids, so I do some of that stuff. Oh, you got to bring them. Yeah. Make them look at the art. Yeah, make them look at things. Yeah. Make them. Uh, the Huntington Gardens is really beautiful. That's great. And yeah. There's a, there's a great museum. You know, the museums there are beautiful. The library. Which is that one right outside of uh, past Eagle Rock, the beginning of Pasadena, going that direction. There's that private collection museum right there with all the modern stuff. The Norton Simon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's it's real small, and it's real yeah. doable. And it's nice. No, I do, and there's a California museum there, and then there's, uh, yeah, there's, there's a, I, I don't know, I kind of like, I like it. Yeah. I like, and I like little pockets in Silver Lake, and I like... Put, you know, places in Venice, and I like. Yeah. You go all the way out there to Venice. To me, like going to the West Side is like we got to, you know, bring, you know, pack a bag. It's a thing. Yeah, you pack a lunch. <laughs> you pack a lunch. It's a thing to go out there, but it, it's but it's nice to know it's there. Nice to know you can get somewhere. My kid surfs. We can get to water. How old's a kid? He's fourteen and she's ten. So you got kind of you know they're they're up there. I mean they're getting there. They're like little people. They are. They are little people. They good people. They're good people. They're actually, she's the same size as me already, and he's taller, but so they're not that little, but yeah. They're good. He, they're, you know, he's rough. He can be rough, but yeah. he's super interesting. Yeah. I think it's going to be worth it. How are, was your uh, ex Jewish? No, he was not born a Jew. He kind of like did a light version of converting when we yeah. got married and, and uh, was into it, but I don't think he continues to. Yeah. Do anything. A light conversion? Is that light conversion. Is that a thing? Where... Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's Jew light. It, but you do you get paperwork on that or do you There's no um there's no mikvah. Yeah. You don't um get uh-huh. stewed. Uh-huh. Uh that's a, that's they don't do that to dudes. But did he get like bar mitzvahed? Uh no. Uh. Didn't get bar mitzvahed and confirmed or anything? Stamped? No. no. Not even by a reform library? No. Uh, and he was uh, already rabbi? a circumcised person because yeah. of, you know, Most the time are. he was born. Sure. Um all right. So yeah, there was there was not much. It was pretty much he took some classes and was sure. like, all right. Yeah, I get it. I'm I'm down with this. Yeah. And you are you raising them Jewish to kids? I am. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I watched this uh, the special and um you're a dirty Jew. 
I am. <laughs> I am a filthy. I always like. I've been saying lately that it's kind of like a, a filthy TED talk. <laughs> yeah, kinda. Yeah, it's it's a mixture it's, of things, but I had not. Well, I it's know really different. It's not stand up. No, yeah. I, I mean, but we've been in the same orbit for years somehow. I mean, I've known of you one mm-hmm. way or the other at different you know versions of our lives. I mean, I, I you're younger than me, but when I was at Comedy Central, I mean, your name was always around. You're always doing things. Yeah, likewise. Right? Yeah, and uh, and I it, it became one of those situations where I at some point when you showed up on Mrs. Maisel. I had realized that, like, we had both fallen into the category at some point of, like, how, where, where, whatever happened to those people? <laughs> <laughs> oh, how her. Did that, yeah, yeah. How did that? Oh, it, I, I remember her from yeah. the thing. Yeah. And then you know, we kind of landed on our feet somehow with, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I still have uh, spite Interesting. <laughs> against some things. Um, I I don't know. I've I've been really lucky i've been really yeah, lucky i mean i very well you're winning from, you're winning prizes well i but i like hopped from mad tv to family guy yeah which is still See, running I, yeah, and then and, i was worked on gilmore girls and then i worked on this show called getting on for hbo and then made like i got really lucky. you're always working so you've always been in the mix there's people are like what's right now marion what's, what's he talking about she's been working the whole time well, but it's but it hasn't been you know this show that I did before Maisel called Getting On yeah. was three seasons on HBO. Yeah, one of my favorite things of all time. Yeah, some of the best work. Yeah. I loved it with Laurie Metcalf and Nisi Nash. Oh, yeah. And but no one was watching. It was a real specialized little niche thing. You know, yeah. people were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When this finishes, Game of Thrones comes on. That's all <laughs> they knew about it. Um, yeah, they saw the last five minutes. Yeah. So you know, it's just <laughs> I I've, I've been lucky to be to be working, but it hasn't been something that everyone's been diving into. So you, how, how long were you in Chicago when you were growing up? Uh, about age 10, we moved out. Right. And you always had family there? Or? Yeah. So you always went back. It yeah. was one of those things. And your parents moved to California? Yep. Why? Honestly, my yeah. mother was like, I can't do another fucking winter. <laughs> yeah. She really just felt like I can't do it. And my father's sister had made the move out to Los Angeles. Yeah. So they just said, let's do it. Let's go somewhere warmer. And they loved it? And they loved it. Well, what business are they are they in? My my dad is a therapist. Is that true? Like really? Yes. Like what kind? Like he, psychiatrist, psychologist, a PhD. Okay. Not a psychiatrist. Like he's um, the old school Jewish guy. Old school. He marriage family. He also in in Chicago had a place called Midwest Family Resources, yeah. and and um, he also worked with like the Gilda club oh, Gil- yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Mostly in L.A., family? yeah, oh. a lot of family therapy couples in L.A. He had. Los Angeles Family Institute. What was his approach? Just not listening. Hmm. He's a really good not listener. <laughs> People just, I guess, talk and figure it out in his office for themselves. <laughs> As he detaches in front of them? I guess so. With we always gaze? marveled. Maybe, I mean, maybe that's why he couldn't listen at home because he'd given it all at the office. Drained. But he he just didn't hear shit after, after the- No kidding. The- the, the time clock. Well, it's funny because I was thinking about this this morning for some reason about my life and about therapists I've seen in my life and about this one in particular that just, they all have, like, they sort of have this, the good ones have this weird gaze they do that, you know, you're not sure whether it's engaged or not, but you can project onto it and assume that it's being absorbed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, he is a walking Rorschach. Yeah. Right. Really? Yeah. And is he, uh, and what about your mom? My mom... Raised us for yeah. the first part of our lives. And then she had a couple 
career is she, um, when we moved to California, she opened a candy store. Wow. She opened a chocolate and a candy store, which, you know, for a fat kid was the best and worst thing that she could have done. Her first one was in Northridge, California. And then her second one was in Sherman Oaks. Like just candy stores? Like did she make the candy? She She made some of them. Okay. I'm going to tell you something that, do you remember Alan Thicke had a show called Thick of the Night? Yeah. Okay. She was on Thick of the Night. Yeah. Because she made X-rated chocolates. Okay. She made little cocks, chocolate cocks, chocolate boobs. She made the the the, tr- the tricky co- uh, chocolate <laughs> vagina. There, there was. I'm not joking. There was a. It was like a sucker. You know, it's made of chocolate. Yeah. It was a sucker that was a vagina. Yeah. And as you might imagine, was not a huge seller. No, it's hard to to do the vagina like that. It's hard because she would she would hand make these with a mold, <laughs> and she several times tried doing them like Caucasian skin tone uh-huh. and it was yeah. not appetizing. <laughs> I don't know how men do it. <laughs> and then she did it in chocolate and you could not see any definition of what right. it was. So it really just did not. But the cocks did very well. You might and be able she... to pull off a vagina cookie, I think. <laughs> you know, if you... If a you, tart? Yeah, with enough uh, detail. I've, I've seen some vagina work on I think candies you're... and cookies. Baked you, goods. You might need icing. Yeah, no, you do. You could. You, you need colors. <laughs> you, need, you need texture. I think like the one of the producers of yeah. the thick of the night went in there and got something for a bachelorette party or I don't know what. And, and thought it like what a great guest. Was, yep, and so they invited her on. So that was a specialty of hers, chocolate cocks, and that was. But it was also regular chocolates and jelly beans. Jelly bellies were a big thing then. But did she have to have a, a separate section that kids couldn't go yes, in? Yes, X-rated, X-rated <laughs> yeah. chocolates. The there X-rated was a shelf thing. that was covered. I'm not. Uh, I'm not joking. Of course. Um, and then later in life, she went back to school and became a therapist as well. Wow, two therapists. Yeah. And you say you were a fat kid? Yeah, surprise? No. Yeah, I'm still a fat kid. <laughs> um, I grew up with some of the fat things. My mother was an ex-fat person, oh, which is the worst. That's hard. And other, she was anorexic. So it was no like, joy. No, no joy at all. Just you know, trying to control her kid's fat. So I'd pudge out, and then I'd get this, you know, this like horrible detachment, and like, the trips to the husky section. Sears so husky. I was a husky. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever made it to fat, but I was husky. I, yeah, I look back on pictures now, and I'm like, what? Yeah. I wasn't even fat. Did, I was no, I was like normal, but there was kind of this weird. Who, I don't know this pressure. That, who decided? Who? Who? Th- your parents put the pressure. The therapists were. I, yeah, I think my dad had a vision of, and I adore my dad. Yeah. This is not like. Slam Irv time because yeah. he's the bee's knees. Oh, but Irv, great name. That generation, yeah. Keith and he was like raised an Orthodox Jew. I think he's thought I'd be just kind of this little princess, like yeah. little you know dresses and yeah. pink and tights and and I came out really different. And I think he <laughs> never quite adjusted. Never quite adjusted and couldn't wrap his head around. And his wife, you know, my mom's been stunning her whole life, and she weighed you know 118 pounds. <sighs> forever and yeah. didn't lift a finger never yeah. exercised yeah so I, th- I think he was just a little bit like what what is this yes yeah. you know how does this happen yeah well, did but, they, are they both um uh born here no my mother was born in budapest she's hungarian and because i saw them at the show atlanta you really gave them a you really took it to, took them uh you really pushed the envelope they're part of the show with the folks in the room they're a part of it sure. man it I was know. honestly like this show this comedy special yeah. is really just i wanted this documented in some way you know it's yeah. like if it finds an audience that's a wonderful bonus well it's a weird thing because it's like uh it, at some point it kind of becomes a um cabaret in a way mm-hmm. 
right? So you know, you do the songs. You have the uk- ukulele players, the Spanish guys. It's just, it's not. Yeah, I, it's it's all funny all the way through, but touching too, and uh, and a little uh, more elaborate than a comedy special. Yeah, that was that's that was been a little bit of a trick in terms yeah. of marketing it or getting it out there. That it's I want to make it clear. Yeah, it's not. You know, set up punchline, set up punchline, joke, joke, joke. But the good thing is, is it is filthy, it and is. that, and it's good. Like, it's I don't think there's enough filth. Like, I in mean, the world. We, well, we all used to do. Like, I used to do filth. I used to do more filth than I, I, I do now. But uh, I just like uh, some of the. I like the filthy talk from the ladies, like the like Bell Barth or something. Like you know, old school. I just like dirty. I, I like the juxtaposition. Yeah. Of of me kind of having a late blossoming, uh-huh. coming kind of late to all of the topics in my sure. show and discovering myself a little bit more sexually that as an old lady, yeah. you know? And yeah. I, the juxtaposition of it with this, age, I don't know, there's something that I enjoy about well, it's gr- it's being great. a little filthy. But, but also it's like, it, it's just about, you know, women's voices of, of a certain age comedically disappear. There's not many of them. Like I had Kathy Ladman on here. You know, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, and I watch her at the comedy store sometimes. And Fallon put her on. She's older than me, older than you. She's in her sixties, and she's very straightforward about you know where she's at in her life and and how she looks and everything else. And it's fucking hilarious. And it's it's it shouldn't be a unique voice, yeah. but it is culturally. Yeah, we're still the broads are still we're used as a spice. We're we're like a a surprise on the plate as opposed to an entree. She did a joke the other day. It just it really got me about how. Like, you know, that sometimes she pees a little now, and it's not, you know, like when she laughs and stuff, you know? And she said, she said, uh, my niece asked me to blow up a balloon, and I did, and I had to change my pants. <laughs> Does she have children? Uh, she's got one kid. Okay, yeah, that makes older, that yeah. makes some sense. No, but she didn't have birth. She didn't. Like, oh, you know, she's okay. not. It's not. I don't know wh- what it is. She's just know. the the pelvic floor Sometimes, has I guess, left yeah. her. I don't know, but I, I can't remember the exact setup. But uh, <laughs> but you cover all that too. That's a very uh, a very funny and uh, that bit you do about having two cesareans, and so your 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 pussy's only twenty years old or something. Yeah, my pussy age is twenty. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah, yeah. So it's good. Yeah, no, that was a real. That that part of the show is real. There's a lot of. You I know. believe pussies age well in general. Do you? I do. You're a good man. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good man. Because you know, I've 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 dealt with many of of different ages, and I, I just I find like, well, this mm, thing humble brag. Yeah, this thing holds up pretty good. These seem to hold up pretty well. Oh. I, here comes the electricity. Hey, the power just came back on. Wow. It's a Passover miracle. <laughs> do we shift, though? That's going to be the big question. I don't know. You tell me. What would you like to do? Are, Are we, we starting over? No, no. We don't have to start over. I could probably use both. But I think the smart thing to do would just be to continue on. Um, and uh, let's see. Okay, let's keep talking about yeah. vaginas. Oh, uh, <laughs> what was I going to say about vaginas? Oh, I think I yeah. think the vaginas are you know they're usually attached to a person. Yes, which and is as good. the vagina ages, the person is aged, and I think that person just tends to know how to use it. Yeah, and what they want. Yeah, and they're not shy to smack your hand out of the way and just fix something themselves. Yeah, and that's a beautiful thing. Sure, when when you when you have the confidence to 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 do that, like yeah. I, I I do think that people behave oddly 
in the sexual space. Hold on, there's a lot of things coming on right now. It's exciting to watch you work. Um, man, we could even turn lights on. Hold on a second. You sure you want to do that? Okay. <laughs> get back to the pussy talk. Okay, so but hold that thought. I like talking about vaginas in a frank way. I'm holding it. I'm holding yeah, it. Yeah, I, I was. <laughs> I'm looking at the stuff on your desk right now. There's, yeah, I there's... was working on. It. I'm trying to figure out what fucking what to talk about as a comic right now because I just did a special and you know I'm tapped. So I'm trying to figure out what topics I want to cover. You're welcome to do pussies. Well, I'm I'm thinking it. about it, but it's it's a little tricky. Men talking about pussies, you know, versus. You, we. But, I'm gonna sit there and do like a, a nice ten minutes on what I think of vaginas. But you have got a different perspective. Yeah, Liter- no literally, here, literally, no, right? I know, but no one I wants mean, to hear my perspective. They've they've had enough of the male perspective of pussies. I think in general. Um, I guess I don't know if this if it's been a frank observation of pussy, a real like there's outside pussies and inside pussies. Yes. I didn't even know that. Wait, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. I it, it, I think it was, God, how many years ago? Someone introduced me to some chart from like the Netherlands or something. It was some like, bizarre. <laughs> in terms of like uh, labia situation? Yeah, in terms of the actual. All right, we're going to make the big switch. Hold okay, on. Okay, here it goes. Three. Uh, let's, uh, let's turn this off. And Is, then... Did it happen? Yeah, we can go over to these mics now. I'm still double. I'm still having a. You don't have to. Situation. Okay. Give me it. Wow. Yeah, and now you can put it cans happened. on. Should I? Sure. Why not? I, but I can hear you. I know, but it's like it it it, it adds a whole different dimension. See, now we're oh, we're wow. in it. Yeah, and now we can kind of bring that in, and now it's like yeah. Do that. How's That's that exciting. feel? Good. I feel, I feel like Better? we are the world. It's good. Yeah. Um, all right. Wow, that was that was amazing. So we've transitioned into the bigger mics. Those listening uh, might notice a slight difference. It was, I think, it was the right thing to do. I think it's a uh, beautiful yeah, shown feels, a progression and feels our, good in our friendship and our work. So back to vaginas. So we um, this this discovery of yours. I, let's but let's first let's go back. Let's go back first. So where do you where do you start show business? You go to San Francisco State. You learn rhetoric. You go. You you, you said you're at an ad agency. Well, while I was in San Francisco yeah. State, I did some stand up in the dorms. There was like a comedy competition. So you did do stand up. I did a little stand up, and actually, it was a competition that was on the college campus. And Margaret Cho. Yep, she's from San Francisco. But was not at the college. Like, right. I think she like fudged and got into the competition and smoked us all. Oh really? She, yeah, she'd been like doing actual stand up. What year is that? Uh, I went in '89. Yeah. So it was either it was between '89 and '92. Yeah. And then I joined a sketch comedy group in college. In college. We, we performed on the campus yeah. and caused a lot of trouble. It was really fun. Yeah. We got like political and, and. Oh really? Yeah. It was it was actually a good first taste of like yeah pushing the envelope and um and then I came back to Southern California. I started a master's program and got an internship at an ad agency a master's program in rhetoric in more communication yeah okay and went to an ad agency yeah and got a got a what do you call it, internship and then yeah. they hired me as an employee and at the same time i started taking classes at acme comedy theater so you're back down here in la back in la and then joined the acme sketch yeah, comedy i remember group, the acme it's gone right acme i think it is gone i they they existed for quite some time on la brea 
Because that was like then the, they switched back to their valley location, and they may still be in the valley. I'm not sure. It was interesting because that's not one of the big ones. You know, when people talk about it, like you got Groundlings and you got Improv Olympic IO and all that Chicago City based and, Second yeah. City. But I remember act, I remember driving by the theater anyways yeah. and knowing people that yeah, took Corolla, improv there. Corolla was an Acme person. And that's not a great uh, – <laughs> that, that doesn't – it's not a re- great reference. Just saying. Yeah, It yeah. was that, you know, kind of and, – and a lot of the people that, that came out of there, a lot of people went on to write and a lot of people wrote in different, yeah. different ways, shapes, and form. But in terms of on-screen – you know, I came out of there, and I'm not sure who else. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, we were, like, around the corner from Groundlings. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You and, could just see it. You could see where the, the big show was yeah. happening. Just I loved there. it, though, because we didn't have – Groundlings had that thing where the board of performers voted on who moves up. Yeah. Acme had one dude yeah. who decided what company you'd be in, and it – there was no reason for him to not, you know, yeah. there's nothing political or yeah, weird yeah. or you didn't have to befriend or. It wasn't, it wasn't seen as a channel through which to get to a portal to show business necessarily. Yeah. And it was kind of, I mean, everyone hoped for that. Right. But it was, it was the one guy who decided who got into which company and he decided what material made it into the shows. And I kind of liked it. You know, you paid, you paid a monthly yeah. fee to be a member. It just seems like the Groundlings was like one of these, it's like Juilliard. If you can hang. Yeah. You got a good shot at getting something. Yeah, it's the it's where SNL yeah. looks to get their people. So how did you get cast out of there? It was very strange. I like threw myself into one of the comedy festivals, Aspen. Yeah, I remember and, that. Uh, how do you, how do you mean you threw yourself in there? Well, there was one year that I performed there as like a the bubble. What was it? The bubble room or the? Uh, it was something called the bubble room, and I I either hosted or just performed. And then the next year... It's the HBO Aspen Comedy Festival. Yes. Yeah. The next year, I went just to tag along with someone else that got in somewhere. Early was, 90s? Yeah. I was like hoping... Yeah. Just to, to soak it up and yeah. just be around everyone and, and see can barely breathe up there. And, and then I met people who were from Austin, Texas, starting yeah. a new sketch festival and called Big Stinkin' International Comedy Festival. Festival. And this is early nineties. Yeah. Yep. They called it BS. Right. Um, big stick and end. and I wrote their number down. They wrote mine down. We kept in touch, and uh. I submitted myself and four other people to their festival, and yeah. we got in, and that's where we performed, and that's where the Mad TV casting people. Saw really? Us. Oh, so they didn't see you at uh, at at Acme? No, it was actually at some other big deal. Yeah, like they were located maybe a, a mile from Acme and had right. never been, but they saw us in yeah. Austin, Texas, and we, you know, we went with the Acme Comedy Theater name, and yeah, and all five of us got auditions, and I just got really lucky. And then you were the, you were on Mad TV forever. I was on for five seasons, where, and I yeah, left. Where would you where would you meet the husband guy? Uh, my ex husband, I met at Acme Comedy Theater. How long were you together with that guy? We were together totally close to twenty years. Wow! I thought you watched the special, man. I What's did. Going on? I didn't know if uh, I didn't know the years were. You're mentioned. right, and some of it's not true. Uh, yeah, we were together close to twenty years. Huh? Did end badly? Uh, I mean, it's the worst of worst. I mean, it. it no, it, it. We're lucky. We're still. Yeah. We we do everything. We do a lot together. Yeah. We're all going to go skiing tomorrow together. Oh, really? Going to go to Big Bear, and we'll see. I don't oh, know. It's got to be a lot of snow up there. I think so. They've, it's been dumping here. So. so you got, all right, so that's nice. You get along with the guy and the kids. Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing yeah. The, doing it's, the right life thing. is short. Who cares? Like, yeah, get on I'm trying it. to, yeah, I'm trying to think that way. Yeah, I think, uh, 
I mean, end badly. It's obviously it ended because things weren't perfect and or, but no, or but good. Not, not full of vitriol and horror and resentment and betrayal no. and whatever. No, I mean, yeah. yeah and no, but I also don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't have. I just I don't. It's not like I even decided. It was yeah. just like this is foolish. I'm, I'm not going to carry around. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Right. Life is short. Why do like it? It is the worst thing. To re- when you get older and you realize that, and you realize, like, what do I really owe these people? Well, and to, to owe that that horrible feeling, and yeah. like to give, like, to not be into it anymore. Yeah, and to, and, but why carry the anger? Yeah. And all I'd be like, this already happened. You've right. already you've not wasted, but you've yeah. already passed through twenty years. Like, yeah, maybe you've got twenty left. Like, just right. f- fucking change direction and move on. Sure. Did you go to couples counseling? I mean, we did towards the end. Yeah. yeah. To figure out how to end it? Or I to guess try so. To save it? I think it was, I think it was just to create a mm. net. Right. I think it, like, we knew we were about to fall off the right. high wire and, like, right. let's create this net and see if we can fall strategically. So when you were doing Mad TV, where, was he on? He didn't. He, he came on and did a couple bit parts. Yeah. But um, no, he was not on it. Was there that weird tension of you successful and I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. I mean I I think I think as we grew after we got married and as we grew maybe that was something that was hard. Maybe that was a piece of the puzzle that was hard for him. But yeah. but I don't think he ever begrudged. Yeah. And I was just a I was just a bulldog. I was like get here, get there, put myself here, try yeah. to do this, try to do that and he's just more You're of a tough Jew. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, it's uh, and I, I like it. I mean, <laughs> no, not that that matters, but you know, it is a, a, a like when you talk in the special, you know, about your grandparents being Holocaust survivors. Was your mother as well? Yeah, my mom and my grandma. Yeah. So your mom was a kid. Yep. And they got out of where? They got out of Budapest. They were, I mean, this I've told this story before, but um, they were not shipped off to a camp. Yeah. My mother's grandparents were. Yeah. Great grandparents. They died they in the camp? They perished, yeah. They died in Auschwitz. Perished. They were murdered. Yeah. How do Auschwitz. we say that? The Jews make like it the perished soft. perished is like, yeah, yeah. They were murdered in Auschwitz. Um, but my my grandmother with my mother in a buggy yeah. was in line to be shot into the Danube. You know, I, at the Emmys, I said a pit. And that yeah. was wrong. But the Danube. And they, and she, she walked out of line. She... That was that was your grandmother. My grandmother turned to the guard, the Hungarian guard, yeah. who were almost worse than the Nazis. Yeah, and said, "You know what happens if I step out of line?" And, yeah, and he said, "I don't have the heart to shoot you, but somebody will." Uh huh. And she left. She walked With out of line. With your mother, walked out of line, went around the With corner, the baby. took the star off her arm. She also had her ten-year-old niece, and walked right back into the apartments that they had been pulled out of, and. Went from from floor to floor, gathering what she could. Yeah, that could be of value yeah. to help her, and and started walking. It didn't stop walking. Oh my god, it's so fucking heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, but it's also just badass. It's just, no, it's totally badass. But like you know, n- now like how I she think, did it. I don't know how she did it. But I think for for me, uh, in thinking about that stuff, you know, like because these are stories that. You you know I, that you have personal experience with because it's your family, but as Jews of a certain uh, tier, you hear them all the time. Yeah. You hear them growing up. We were yeah. made to to know this stuff in a deep way. But I you know I think for a lot of my life 
the connection to really experiencing the empathy necessary to, to feel it is hard because it's so massive. And for some reason now, because of the climate of the hatred in this country, and you feel a real possibility of othering to the point of extermination, it, uh, you know, it, it resonates much deeper for me. It does. I mean, even, you know, you jokingly starting at the podcast and saying, like, you're a dirty Jew. Like, yeah. yeah. And then I go, oh, that's that's just so dangerous now to, like, really <laughs> to really throw that around, like— I just I'm I'm always terrified now that uh, well yeah but I mean I think we can own it someone will come after me. Um, oh, you mean at, for being a Jew? Yeah, you know it's always it's but yeah, always... but you do what I do. I mean, you know, you didn't you you made you put that you put you were very Jew forward on your special. absolutely, and I think that's but that's I think that's the only way. Yeah, there's nothing like any institution can do to better anti-Semitism or get rid of it. It's yeah. it's. It's a personal thing. It's, yeah. it, if somebody loves your work, it loves you, and then they find out you're also Jewish, it's like, oh, yeah. all right, I thought I hated these people, but maybe. Well, I guess that's one way to look at it. You know, I, I think that's a good way to look at it. But, like, I find more so than not, they find, uh, like, they go, like, yeah, well, she is a little Jewy. Yeah. But, I mean, I like her, but you can see the Jew. Yeah. <laughs> I think— uh, <laughs> Maybe I'm not giving people the benefit of the doubt. There's okay. many times that people will say, like, oh, I, you don't yeah. look Jewish. What does that mean? I'll hear that a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, does that mean I'm pretty? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Is it? Thank what you. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> people usually think I'm Irish. They're, they assume uh, that I'm, like, yeah. black Irish or something. Oh, interesting. But, yeah. So, But you never went really back to stand-up after doing it in college? Um, Solo shows? Uh, I really, I really didn't. I, I mean, I well, I, I did some open mics uh, at the belly room and stuff, but the the late night two a.m. waiting. Oh yeah, no. and and a lot of the a lot of the people were dudes and it, yeah. not very friendly environment. It just not even not even like while you were on Mad TV though, or you no no before? no no before oh, oh, yeah okay. before. So you kind of wandered around and saw the nightmare of it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I just felt like I don't think I could ever do this. Yeah. and I and I always worried if I. Tried to be a road comic that I would take my life. <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah. I think I would be very lonely and very depressed. And yeah. I think alone in hotel rooms for too many times, I think I would just make very bad choices. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it was like that for a long time, uh, doing that for me. But at some point, it turns into like, uh, I don't have to clean this place. <laughs> yeah. It's quiet. <laughs> Room service. Kind of. Yeah. Or just so, like, I didn't, you know, if, if you're not out there, some anonymous comic just working at a club with, yeah. with no one gives a shit about you, that's that's sad. Post-Mad TV, I was able to, I mean, not that Mad TV was massive, yeah. but it was, it was, you know, visible enough that I was able to do shows here and there that I was invited to that was, yeah. that was you know, from... You know, I'd, I'd go to Sacramento and at the depot, you know, characters yeah. that I did on Mad TV became like gay icons. Oh, and they so did? I'd be invited to, you know, open the Pride Week or do yeah. this or that. And that was so much fun because it's a friendly audience yeah, and sure. you don't even, you, you don't yeah. have to work too hard. Yeah. I mean, you're working hard, but it's not like. But you're doing a bit. You're doing I, a I didn't feel like I needed to have a crafted set that sure. I've been working on for yeah. six years. Yeah. I could kind of go and deliver and stream of consciousness and have notes and, yeah. you know. Um, but no, I didn't, I didn't was, steadily do. Was Bobby on Mad TV with you? Yeah. We had, we overlapped just at the end of mine. Yeah. We were on together. He's a good little guy. I, I have not talked to him in 
ages. Yeah. But he is one of the most fearless people I've seen yeah, on he's, stage. He's, he's, he's just funny. wild. Yeah. 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 So after Mad TV, what was the plan? To do TV stuff and whatever I left, came? I left Mad TV because I was uh, developing. I developed my own show, this 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 pilot that was picked up and yeah. never got put on the air. What was it? It was called Life at Five Feet. Yeah. It was basically a Cyrano ripoff. Uh-huh. Truth About Cats and Dogs ripoff. Um, it was me looking like me mm-hmm. uh, as a struggling writer, and I get an opportunity to ghostwrite a column for a supermodel. Oh, okay. For like a you know, right. L, a cosmopolitan. Oh, okay. Magazine. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was cute. It was it was a, a fun way to deliver that same story and kind of what I wanted to talk about in terms of life is really different when you look a certain way. Yeah. And it was cute. It, it was, didn't go. It didn't go. And then I did Gilmore Girls. How often were you a recurring guest on there? Yeah, I was supposed to be on it, and but I auditioned for it the same time Mad TV was still on, and I was under contract, and they wouldn't release me. And that was the Paladinos? That was the Paladinos. Gilmore Girls was huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the part that I had then went to Melissa McCarthy. Oh, really? Yeah, and then I did recurring stuff. And then Gilmore Girls came about because uh, Dan Palladino ran the writer's room at Family Guy. He was my boss in the writer's room. You were already in Family Guy? Yeah. By that time that happened? I, I can't remember these times. I had an ex-girlfriend that was like compulsive about the Gilmore Girls. Oh, would just yeah. watch it on a loop. She, yeah. she had mental problems. But well, she okay. was your girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, who doesn't have mental problems, right? I hope everyone does. Well, I think it's the root of all our problems. Are ninety percent of the world's problems are personal problems? I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's just like no one can agree how to deal with those problems, and most people are like, "I'm all right." No, I think and you're that right. leads to uh, you know people being killed. Well, I mean, well, yeah, with Hitler, it was yeah. just a bad mood, just <laughs> just unresolved trauma. Yeah, you know, un- untreated trauma. It's all untreated trauma. But so you. But the Family Guy was a a good gig. Oh, it still is. God bless Family Guy. Yeah, that was. I mean, insurance, money, <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah, it's. And I mean, honestly, like I still we do table reads weekly, and I receive those scripts, and there are. Oh my god! I would say a good five things that make me laugh out loud at this every age, time, at this stage, every time. So, like for me, as long as I am still cracking up. You've done almost like like 400 of those things? 400 episodes. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So you just like, you know, that you just get checks in the mail all the time, basically. Uh, I am the luckiest woman in baseball. <laughs> yeah, it's astonishing. And that is crazy. Yep. Wow. So you were doing great. Here I thought like we were struggling at the same time. You weren't struggling. Yeah, I didn't want to make you feel bad. I you just did nodded. fine. Um I've been I've been a lucky girl. You've been going you've been going at it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've done I've done a lot of pilots that never went anywhere. Sure. I've definitely seen the the boohoo side of things, but I've also been not, really not how lucky big is the boohoo when you get a you know cartoon check? Yeah, and, yeah, so you, the no. check actually comes in. It's animated. <laughs> it's hard to take to the it bank. Talks. Does it talk? Yeah. <laughs> when I go to the bank, they they giggle, but they uh, cash it. You were in the oh, you were in the movie I was in. That's right. We're in a movie together. What movie? The bad guys. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. We're co-stars, man. I'm the snake, man. I'm the snake. You gearing up? We're both in that movie like all the time. We never talk to each other. <laughs> we just unwrapped the reality yeah, of show business. I know. No one knows anyone. Well, no, but it's the weird thing about animation and yeah. doing it during COVID is that, I mean, I didn't yeah. have any scenes with you. So, like, <laughs> me and Sam. No, that's not true. I Don't I s- throttle your neck? Oh, yeah, maybe you do, I yeah. squeeze your neck. Well, I mean, we were, we must have been hilarious. on that weird live read promo, and we were around. Did we? I wasn't here? on the live read. Oh, okay. I was busy. Yeah, I was with, shooting. Oh, right, right. And I mean, I did work in person and on Zoom with with Sam because that's who I that was my partner. Yeah. Uh, but that's so that's funny. Funny. We, we have major <laughs> parts co-stars. in a movie together, and like, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Can only happen with animation, though. That's very funny. I say a spinoff, Cop Snake. I'm into it. Okay. I like doing the snake. Kids love the fucking movie. And uh, DreamWorks is six minutes from here. Yeah. It was <laughs> all about the, the commute in LA. They're like, can you do two hours? Yeah. What now? You want me to come now? Yeah. And do they don't let you just do it from this setup? No. I. It's better to go down to the bunker. Yeah. Nowadays, since I'm in Pasadena, if somebody says, oh, these people want to meet with you at Sony, I'm like, no. Yeah. No, it's too far. <laughs> Would it shoot at Sony? Yeah. yeah. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather go to Vancouver. Yeah, and resettle. Yeah, yeah, because you, know, you can just New go York. from Burbank, then drive to the west yes. side to Culver City. <laughs> I would rather fly from Burbank <laughs> than, than drive to, to Sony. The west side. They should have a flight that does that. <laughs> go a chopper to yeah, Sony. They should. Yeah, there was a while there where I just was sort of like you know where you know you have these meetings set and they were just generals and it'd be like down by HBO or Comedy Central or something. I'm like, nah. Yeah. Because you know, especially when they're like. When they schedule you at like four, I'm yeah. like, what are they doing all day that I got to fucking spend three hours in traffic for what? Yeah. You know, get Eleven. me a, yeah, Eleven. Get me a better time. Yeah. yeah. Four o'clock fucking meeting. Yeah. That was what? That was a nice thing about writing on Family Guy that, you know, they're, they're like near the La Brea Tar Pits mm-hmm. down there. And that commute could murder you. But yeah, but we were lucky. They would start at 10 or 1030. So yeah, I was like, that is a decent, respectable. beautiful giving thing to do. Yeah. I'm glad we're all doing things in person again, but that's still an issue is driving somewhere. I know. But uh, so, but this is Mrs. Maisel thing. Like, it, you know, I didn't know what to do with that show. Like, because as a comic, initially I was like, damn, this can't be. It's about comedy. It's going to suck. But it didn't. I think they handled it so theatrically. It's like it's 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 just shy of a musical. Yeah, in so the I was way it say, looks. It's, it's theatrical. Yeah. It feels like you're seeing a a massive production. Yes. and and I think Amy, you know, who created it, was very smart in making Midge's stand up style. I'm not saying she's a female Lenny Bruce, but the stream of consciousness. Well, that's what people don't realize punch about line, that. Not punchline. Yeah. That was genius because totally. it enables you to just. Enjoy monologues, watch it, say, yes, this is a funny piece. This is saying something interesting and not judging the beat set up punchline. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I thought that was kind of genius about it, too, Like, because I didn't want to like it, but I liked it, you know. And, uh, you know, I interviewed her uh, uh, years ago. Rachel. Yeah. And I, I, I really wanted to be critical of it. And I met the guy who played Lenny Bruce, who I actually think did a very good job. Yeah, he did I mean, a tremendous job. That's not an easy task. It's not because how are you going to play that guy? You know, and like even Dustin Hoffman was okay, and yeah. like that—that's all you can judge yourself against. Is but I think he captured like the humanity of the guy. You know, yeah. you want you know he's this you know historical mess. Yeah, but he was a very charming, funny guy. You feel for him, and at season five. Season five, you you know you do even more so. You really you really 
This new really season? Feel for the guy. Yeah, new season that drops April I gotta 14th. Catch up. Yeah, April 14th? I got to catch up. But but I was, you know, I I realized very quickly that they had backloaded, you know, something into that character. Like that that woman as a comedian would not have existed in that time. Yeah. So they had to make these choices, like you said. You know, what do we – you can't model her after even Joan Rivers at that time. Right. Because that was a, a shtick. It was a thing. Yeah. Everyone was shtick. Yeah. So the idea to to sort of – to, to rethink a, a, a female comedian who, who had the guts to say something yeah. was something that didn't exist. Yeah. So they put it in. And, it, and I think it works great. Yeah. She kind of took – I think Amy took like the heart of almost like a folk singer at that time. Right. Like a political feminist folk singer. Sure. Uh, and instead of songs, turned yeah. it into monologuing. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's the character. and. That Amy always speaks to that. She always says, like, this, what's special about her is she yeah. didn't hide behind a character. She didn't put on uh, a yeah. fat suit like Sophie sure. Lennon's character. She wasn't doing a bit yeah. up there. She yeah. was being herself. And everybody was doing bits then. Yeah. And, so, but, and I think it saves the, the, you know, it gives the show some sort of interesting integrity because, you know, you can kind of go to that, the space of when that time was, you know, with a very modern voice, really. Yeah. Hers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's some some people who would watch it and be, you know, calling out anachronisms of, of that sort, you yeah. know, like that wouldn't that wouldn't be. And it's like, that's why it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's we didn't want to make a 50s, another 50s show of a woman in the 50s and have everything be. Right. No. Yeah. You, that's not what Amy was after. She yeah, wanted that juxtaposition. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, what was behind, you know, what what could possibly be happening in the mind that was not expressed at that time yeah. of a woman. Uh, with some guts. Yeah, I've been uh, very happy to be on it. Yeah, be part of it. And well, I mean, it's such a and great character. So much fun, and it's a great looking show. Like you said, the theatrical nature of it is kind of insane. Oh, and the it, camera it, work. And it the... always struck me as like a musical without songs. Yep. That you know everything's orchestrated. The patter, the pace. Yeah. Yeah. It's all very sort of uh, the minutia of it is is clearly an obsession for somebody. Yeah, well, Amy's a dancer. You know, she uh, came from dance, and so everything's got a rhythm. She has yeah. music under everything. Everything's choreo. Yeah. I mean, the, the the camera guys and women have to move like yeah. ballerinas to oh, capture wow. some of that stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. really, really tough. And uh, when you got cast, was it an offer or did you read? Oh, no, I auditioned. Amy— But Amy, you knew her from Amy Gilmore. and I had yeah. been friends from Gilmore, and sure. so— and. She said, "Like, wait, are you really moving to Barcelona? This was 2016. Was that I, the plan? Yeah. You move, you live there now? No, not anymore. I'm back in the states. But oh. she was like, "Are you really moving? I said, I'm really moving. Because remember that thing we talked about like four years ago? I actually wrote it, and I, I want you to read it. Well, but I'm moving. Just read it. I read it. I mean, literally, it was almost on the plane. You yeah. Know, and, and of course, loved it. Yeah. And then flew in to yeah. audition for it from Barcelona." From Barcelona. I think we had already moved to Barcelona. Yeah. And it was kind of that feeling of, well, you know what? I'll audition. Chances are I won't get it. And yeah. then I got it. I was like, yeah. well, I'll do the pilot. Yeah. I'm only going to be in Barcelona a year. No big deal. I'll do the pilot. Chances yeah. are it won't get picked up. And then I got picked up. Um, and then I wanted to stay in Barcelona. So then it became a real trick of going. I was triangulating. It was like Barcelona. And then you won an Emmy the first season, right? I think it was the first season. Yeah. Was it the first season? You won two. Or the second first season. First and third? I don't know. But you won two Emmys for this character. Yeah, I did. Wild. I did. Yeah, it is wild. It's really wild. And I 
I didn't realize it until just now in this podcast. No, but till recently. Well, I mean, that, it's like you know that, when that you really, really think about it, something. that it's like a totally unique and un and new female character, really. Yeah, yeah. I think just kind of this balls out. Yeah. Uh, you know, coinciding with a time that the world's like exploring this non-binary and. And not, you know, ascribing to a particular gender or looking, having to look a certain way. It fell right into kind of the timing of what was happening. I like her because she's she's scrappy and like an okay hustler. Yeah, she doesn't know what she's doing. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. She's not quite sure how to negotiate yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, But she's... Yeah, she's just like a bulldog, you know. And how did you? How was working with Rachel? How's it like? I mean, she's a very put together actress person. I know we're completely different animals, yeah. but we are so lucky. Like we adored each other. Yeah, from the get go. Like the the audition that I did, I went in the room. Yeah, read a little bit alone, uh-huh. and then they said, "Now Rachel, come in," and we had to do a chemistry read. Yeah, and that's how I met her in the room. And sometimes when you audition with someone else, yeah. It's a little fucked up because you have kind of worked on what you're going to do a little bit. Mm. And all of a sudden you get with the other person and they're not dancing to the same – they don't hear the same song and their footwork's or, or, totally or different. Not, or not engaging with you. Yeah, and it's it completely stunts or cock blocks your performance and yeah. you're you're stuck. And with her, it was like we had been dancing yeah. all our lives. It and also, just worked. I think from – when you have real sketch experience, your ability to adapt to, you know, to, to people and performers – is is pretty deep. It it helps, but yeah. it's still it's yeah, if hard not, if, if not you don't you have that chemistry yeah. that match isn't there and and it was just there. And she's just she's such a good actress and yeah. she's just so committed and yeah. she's so professional. Yeah. She was terrified of yeah. not being funny enough and yeah. worked on it and worked on it and worked on it and and uh, yeah, I, I I had no complaints. Yeah, Rachel was a dream to work with. Yeah, she seems pretty. She reminds me like I worked with Allison Brie for three seasons. Oh yeah, and, yeah. But like I was talking to somebody about uh, I was talking to uh, Jean, oh, Jean Cameron. Uh, yeah, about about Allison and Betty because they're very different actresses and they come from a different you know process. And it's kind of interesting that when you work with somebody enough, you see how they work. And you can see the differences in how you work, but you. But you have like a look on your face. Like, what does that mean? Um, what well, was I mean, the difference? Like, like what you're saying about <laughs> her. You know, you're just coming in and doing however you're going to do it. But yeah, yeah, you yeah. can see that Allison is in it and has a process. Like I, you know, Betty is from New York theater. Allison's from you know Los Angeles, you know, film and television. Right, right. And there's right. like a different yeah process at yeah. hand, and it's just sort of a uh, it. it it's just funny. Yeah, like when I read the the script for, for Marvel Sisters Basil, yeah. there was no how should I play this or yeah. what about this? Let me try this. There's yeah. just in my head, I saw who she was. It's like yeah, it, it comes was off the page. Yeah, it came yeah. off the page to me and I there was no other way to do it than what I went in and did. I yeah. couldn't – if they yeah. had adjusted me, if they had said – you know, don't don't make her that New Yorkery, or don't like. Maybe I could have adjusted those yeah. things, but really, it was just this is who I think she is, and either you agree and cast me, or but this it, is not who but, it is. But it's a big part of it is you. Yeah, some of her is me. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, that's who. Like when you spend a lot your, of her is Amy, but some of her is me. No, but I mean, like you as a as a as a performer, right? I mean, you've got to put 
you, you know, yourself into it. This isn't like you're not doing an impression or, a man, right. you know. Right. Like I can see, like when I do something, I'm not, there's always going to be plenty of mark there for everybody. Yeah. I do. Susie did like make me. Oh, yeah. It was a little bit of a grunt. Like some of that flowed, you know, on the yeah. set. Like I'd be a little bit more of a loner and want to yeah. go off on my own. I, I When COVID struck, you know, they had a little tent that I would go inside because I didn't want to have to be in a mask. and Yeah. So everyone called it my troll hole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would just kind of disappear into the grout. Hut. Yeah, um, it certainly does. Whereas, like when I was on Getting On, that character was such an eternal optimist and had a bubble to her. Yeah, she was a mess, but yeah. had a bubble, and yeah. it was very different. On I was very light on set and very different. So there yeah. is there is some of it that crawls in yeah, there yeah, yeah. and and affects you. But yeah. But yeah, she was. Well, it's good. And Rachel's more. Rachel really studies. Yeah. Studies a yeah. character and wants to move how the character would move. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. She's. Yeah. That's what I, I. I'd like to be that. Uh, have that much process. You'll get there. I don't know. When they take bad guys to Broadway. You're, yeah, I'm you're gonna, gonna have to. You do, got it. I gotta learn how to dance on your in tail. A snake outfit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but. The, now, how did you like? If you're not doing solo work, how did you put that together? This this special, this cabaret piece. And, and wait a minute, before that, what? Why did you choose Barcelona? Uh, why not? Well, I mean, Barcelona is great. Do you speak Spanish? A little. Oh. What was it about Barcelona? Like, was this a Trump re- reaction? You know, it was. As I kind of talk about in the special, it was a little bit of I give up in this business. But why would you give up? Everything was going well. After Getting On was taken off the air, yeah. we did three seasons. And then I wrote a, a show that I was developing for myself and Alan Arkin. Oh, God. What a genius. Genius. Do you know that guy? Yes. And he's royalty. Yeah. You agree. So I had written this show and said network picked it up. We were going to do it. They wanted to do it as the summer thing. I don't yeah. launch it in the summer. It was him playing my father in a in a <clears throat> sitcom situation. Yeah. Um, but then there were these kind of live action cutaways. Uh-huh. And Alan loved it. He yeah. said yes. And my mind was blown. And this network um, said yes. And we started doing it and we were doing it. And then they wouldn't pay Alan Arkin his... His nut. His, his nut. And his nut... His quote. ...was not big. He was not being insane. It yeah. was... Honestly, for it Alan was Arkin? more than reasonable for yeah. Alan Arkin to be on Fox. I couldn't even believe yeah. it. And they weren't; they wouldn't make it happen. And then I offered to give up my my pay yeah. as an actor to double it yeah. for him, which was pretty much what. It, and he was like, "I'm that's that's insane." Yeah. And these people have no respect, and we yeah. shouldn't. The whole thing fell apart. And at that point, these I just people said, have "No respect." And, uh, yeah. Yes, I can hear him saying that. I gave. I just said, "Like I don't understand this business anymore. I need a break." And it was post-divorce, oh. and I really wanted to get away from everyone else around me and the perception people have of a divorced person. Mm. And so I kind of absconded to Barcelona with my kids. Okay. My ex-husband also went. We all went because I'm not going to separate my kids. I went so to him and said— post-divorced, but post-divorced, you brought the, brought the ex-husband to Barcelona. I said, look, how would you feel about a year abroad? <laughs> I've never done it, and yeah. I've always wanted to. Oh, so that was the plan. It wasn't a, a like, forever thing. It was supposed to just be a year. Yeah. He said, okay, yeah. I'll do it. So, you know, we got him a separate place. And yeah. We did it, and then one year, I, you know, we fell in love with it. And yeah. one, it turned into two years, and then three, and then four. And 
Did you get citizenship? No, but, you know, I, I would still be there if COVID hadn't, hadn't happened. You loved it. I loved it. But we did leave September 2016 and, you know, two months later, Trump yeah. took office. So everyone attributed it to I escaped. Right. And then I like to say, yes, yes, I, I was sure. so wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But literally we missed his, you know, term. I was gone for the Trump God, term. So lucky. Although I had a lot of apologizing to do in Barcelona for Sure, what but you didn't have to America. live in the insanity here. Yes, but, you know, social media, online. No, I know, but news. it's really not there, though. Yeah. Like, you know, even when I'd go to Canada, I'm like, holy shit, it's not here. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just different. Yeah, I could turn a deaf ear. And, yeah, because and... it's not dictating the culture you're in. Yeah. Right? No, it was it was the it was the best thing I ever did. Yeah. But you're back. But I'm back. Huh. I've been to Barcelona. It's you love it's it? pretty. It's great. The food's good. It's an interesting city, you know. I, I did. I love it. I, I was there for, I think, one of my honeymoons. <laughs> it's like the best. How many times have you been married? Twice. Oh, I didn't know that. No kids. Twice married. So you're still figuring out the sex part, then? I'll get it. Okay, I'll show you after. <laughs> okay, good. Because it sounds like you've got it under. You got it handled now. <laughs> yeah, no. Barcelona is really good food. Really great climate. Yeah. Doable. You can walk across the whole city. Yeah. Uh, the metros, yeah. great. The people are cool. I, I just loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I Spain's loved it. pretty great. I just wish I spoke another language. Where are you from? Uh, I grew up in New Mexico. People, are, my people are from Jersey. New Mexico. All yeah, right. we were of the first uh, Jewish settlers. I don't know anyone from New Mexico. Why would you? I think you're it. Uh, yeah, my parent, my dad set up his practice here. They're both from Jersey. My parents and my dad was in the military a couple of years, and then he, you know. Albuquerque was a growing city, and he was starting a, a medical practice. So, you know, that's where we ended up. Third, you prefer you know. New Mexico to old Mexico? I, I never go to old Mexico. <laughs> I want to start calling it old Mexico. <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah. But I hear Mexico City is great. I might go to Mexico City. I would I love to explore Mexico. I just yeah. have not done it. I don't, I've been to Oaxaca. You have? Yes. I don't know why I haven't done it either. It's right there. And Oaxaca is stunning. But there's so many places I haven't been in the States. There's that, too. I've never been to Wyoming. You should go to Wyoming. There's a thing there. Have you been there? Yeah. I want to ride horses in Wyoming. You can do that. Yeah. There's, like, uh, you know, oddly, you know, most of the national parks are pretty stunning in the States. I want to do a a U.S. tour. Have you been in Niagara Falls? Yes. It delivers. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not a great town on this side. The Canadian side's a little better, yeah. in better shape. But the falls themselves, you're like, holy fuck. Yeah. Grand Canyon, wow. Yeah. You know, Arch, Arch, uh, the, the the Utah one, Zion. I've never been, I've of... never seen the Grand Canyon. Oh, my God. I have seen Niagara Falls. I saw Niagara Falls when we shot the Gilmore Girls pilot because we shot in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. We did a day trip there. It's great. Yeah. It's kind of stunning. It yeah. Was. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm I, I'm not as narcissistic or as nervous as I I come off. Like, <laughs> I do travel internationally, you know, and I've done you know shows in different places. But I think I get a little awkward around language differences because I don't know, you know, it makes me anxious ah. just to fucking you know figure out how to order food and stuff. But my buddy Tom said, with these translating apps on your phone, it does change things. You can almost pull it off. It's a game changer. Right. But also so many people speak English wherever I get you it. go. It's, sure. In Barcelona, I was so excited to try to speak Spanish everywhere and people yeah. would like deal with me for a few minutes and then just answer in English because enough. they're just <laughs> as excited to use their English. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I got to let that go. I got to just like kind of do it. Yeah. 
But well, I'm not, I'm, I guess I'm not that hot on, on going to Mexico now. You said that you feel like L.A. is not a city. Yeah. And, like, are you happy? Or do you wish you lived in New York? Or what's your story? Um, no, I love this house. I love the convenience of where I am. You know, I don't know how attached I am to the idea of L.A. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, but this neighborhood's great. It's and, beautiful. Yeah, and I like my house. It, but do I love L.A.? I don't know. I don't seem to take advantage of much. You know what I mean? I miss, like when I go to New York, I go to museums and shit because yeah. I got only got a few days. Yeah. But here, like there's major art going around. I'm like, ah, I missed it. I'm like, yeah. what were you doing? It's 15 minutes from you. I have never been to the Getty. Well, that's a schlep. But still, what's wrong with me? It's not a great place. I've never seen the Broad. Well, that's something that's relatively new. You I gotta can be get a, back. I gotta get back into things. Right or LACMA? There's just a big, <clears throat> great show at LACMA. I missed it. Why is that? Because <clears throat> you're busy. You're doing this I little guess pod so. I don't, business. I don't take advantage of. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I. I thought about going to New York, but what? You know, it's like after three days, like. Yeah. I thought about getting a place there, and but you got to go use it. You know you what? Know? Something that happened that was really a beautiful thing, the Barcelona experience. What it gave me. It really. Yeah. I let go of being so precious about where I am mm. and really learning it doesn't at the end of the day yeah I can find a handful of great restaurants anywhere sure. and I got my people and I've got friends and it doesn't matter and the, well, the the house the the place that I live in yeah it's great but I also just when I lived in Barcelona I rented a place I, I didn't attach sure so much importance to everything where I become, am or what I have or what yeah. city or it's just wherever. It's yeah, all and happening. also everything becomes like literally about five mile radius. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, like if you really look at your life wherever you live, it's like those are the supermarkets. Yeah. I go to that place to eat. Sometimes I hike at that place. Yeah. And on an odd day, I'll go to the other side of town. Yeah. I, I'm lucky where I'm at in L.A. that it's walkable. I got a little village type situation. and Yeah. Can get to the market, can get to the movies on foot, can get to a bookstore. That's nice. I'm, it's, I'm a happy girl. That's it. And you could do that anywhere. Yeah. Well, that's, a, but it's so small. Like, because people it always ask It took me a you, while to learn that, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I, I learned it in New York, where it's like, I live in New York. People are like, wow, New York. I'm like, yeah, there's about five blocks that yeah. I, <laughs> that I what, It's true. My, my yeah. cousin that lived there, she's 80 something. She said, like, downtown. <laughs> <laughs> I've don't, I've never been downtown. Like I go to my bodega, my dry cleaner. Yeah, my, yeah. yeah. It's wild. Yeah. I, yeah I, there was. I used to say I never. You know, why go above Fourteenth Street? Yeah. What's up there? Yeah. Um, but wh how? What I asked was was asking that. How did you put together the special? What were the decisions? How did you find the uh, the the Spanish uh, ukulele players? So the guys, the Spanish Jews, the Spanish Jews, um, the spews. Yeah. Um, Eric Mills and Salvare. I Eric is American, but he's lived in Barcelona for twenty five, yeah. almost thirty years. I met him. You know Maz Jobrani. Yeah. Okay, so Maz knew I was moving to Barcelona, and he's like, "Oh." I'm going to hook you up with my friend. I got to hook you up with my friend, Eric. And I was, you know, those, sure, sure, sure. Okay, yeah. Took his name, took his number. Right. We met up for lunch in Barcelona and immediately we're like, this guy's family. Like, this is my brother. Yeah. And he became a lifeline for me there. And I had just met him. It was, what, October, November. Uh -huh. His birthday was March. He said, for my birthday, I want to go to Amsterdam, my favorite city. I'm bringing you and this other friend who I love named Salva. Yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. I'm going on a three-way yeah. <laughs> weekend yeah. in Amsterdam. And the three of us got high that weekend in Amsterdam, went to see art, ate everything, and we played music for each other all weekend. Like everyone like, oh, no, 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 do you know this? And playing on our, what about this song? What about yeah. the, And then we started kind of singing together. Salva had his ukulele. And then, and then 
I told some stories yeah. about what led me to come to Barcelona. Yeah. And we just kind of started realizing there's a really neat vibe. Yeah. It led to me writing some of these stories out uh-huh. and interest. It's almost a soundtrack. Yeah. They provide like a soundtrack yeah. to these stories. Yeah. And it turned into that. Then we like wrote a couple original songs, mm. comedic songs, and wrote a couple more and then started doing these kind of cover songs. And then we, I said, you know what that sounds like? I started singing a song over it. And we realized it was the same chords. And then, so we created these weird medleys. And yeah. Little by little, it just turned into something. And then we, we the first time we ever did the show was actually in Brooklyn. Mm. My friend Rocky, you know Rocky yeah. and Lulu? Yeah. She was like, bring this thing. This sounds amazing and interesting. Bring it to the Union Hall in Brooklyn. Yeah. First time we ever did anything on stage was in front of a hundred people. It was nuts. It's a nice and little room downstairs. There. Great yeah. room, and it went great. Yeah, and we were like, we this is something. Yeah. So we kept working on it, expanded it, wrote more. Took did it in Barcelona twice. Did it in Madrid. Did it in Dublin, mm. and then we did London, uh-huh. the Soho Theater. That's a nice little place. And uh, we did like five days there. Oh, you know, so you like really polishing it up. Yeah. And, and then we did New York again, and we did L.A. And then we were set to do Sweden and Israel and Amsterdam, and yeah. COVID, COVID happened, shut us down. Oh. But while we were in L.A., the Amazon folks came and said, "We, yes, we want to do this as a special. Yeah, because like it, it definitely looked polished. It definitely looked like you, it was stage ready and, and that you had done it in front of audiences and it was tight. I'm real curious. Thank you. What? I'm real curious it, how, it, how it's received, how it reads. It's a, it's a live theater performance that's but yeah, filmed, but it doesn't, I'm, I'm hoping, I, I'm curious. I think it reads as, uh, as, as like, if, if, if you want to genreize it, it's, it's, a, it's a cabaret thing, yeah. really. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's a little bit of wishful drinking Carrie Fisher. Yeah. A little bit of Sandra Bernhardt. Yeah. Without You, I'm Nothing. Yeah. Uh, and then John just, Leguizamo, there's some of, you know, that it's, it's like a but, theater but, it's definitely a theater thing, but like the sort of banter with musicians. And then, you know, once you start singing, I'm like, well, this is like the second half. I mean, you do a Bowie medley, you do the original stuff. I think you did a Cure song in there somewhere. Or... It's, it's it's loaded. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but those are earnest. Yeah. You know, and it's pleasant. Yeah. And, you know, and it's a weird approach to that because, you know, this is, you know, you're not sitting at a piano. Yeah. You've got two guys on ukuleles. Yeah. Which is so weird. It's, like... But it's great. And, and they they have a sweet presence and you have banter. And, and but the, I mean, the first 20 minutes is a stand up show. Really? Yeah. There's, but there are, there are some little sincere moments and of sweet moments and a little bit sad moments. And, yeah. And, and as I said, some of it's really, really, you know, autobiographical and some yeah. of it's wild, fun bullshit. Yeah. That but made, it's like made it, me laugh. You right. Know? Yeah. It's definitely its own thing, you know, yeah. but it feels like, you know, structurally, it just feels like, uh, like a, a very personal, uh, cabaret theater performance, right? Yeah, I think that the the songs are there to kind of help tell the story. Yeah, 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 for Even sure. Even the ones that feel like, you know, they're earnest and they're Yeah. they're there for a reason yeah. and they're they're telling part of the story or setting the mood for where the story should go. And I just like that, you know, you cut to your parents, you know, these moments. <laughs> Where like you know, because I my parents come to see me too, and you never know what to do with that. And you, obviously, they, they know you, but we know that we're sitting there saying you know filthy shit and horrible things about you know the Holocaust yes. and about uh, <clears throat> you know ourselves in front of these our parents. And part of it is like you know, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, 
it's it's like haha i'm up here <laughs> too late yeah exactly i listen my dad you know as i say in the show was yeah. raised like orthodox jewish yeah. and and pretty conservative and had no idea how his daughter would turn out right. and there's this it's like that old joke of um you know jewish women saying the food's terrible and the other one says yeah, yeah. in such small, small portions. portions right i think that's how my dad feels like God, I wish she wasn't saying any of this, but I wish the show was longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want yeah. her up there longer. I love <laughs> yeah, seeing her up there. Yeah, he yeah. he can't get enough yeah. of my career. Oh, he that's great. He has every Google alert set. Oh, yeah. Comes, yeah. Know, bothers me at all hours. Always? Was it always like that? Yeah. He was way more worried about me going into this professionally. Uh -huh. My mother was always like, she's a star and could do anything. Yeah. And, you know. Right. Um, I survived the Holocaust. Anything's possible. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, he was always a little bit more like, get a college education. Sure. Make sure you have something to fall back right. on. I don't know if you do this. Why do you need to? to... Hmm. But then I think he, there's a performer inside of him as well. I think he he got off on it a well, little Well, it's, it's nice when they are actually able to relax and just be proud if they're capable oh, of yeah. it. Oh, yeah. He's so proud. Yeah, because most of it is just fear. We just did Paley Fest last night for Maisel, and my parents came. And my children came. At and the Paley Center place? Yes. Yeah, 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 the yeah. Paley Center. Yeah. It was the closing night. Yeah. And, you know, my parents. We did a panel? We you showed panel. an episode? We didn't show an episode. They oh. showed um, a retrospective from seasons one through five. Mm. And then, you know, we talk for mm. an hour and people okay. want to see that. It yeah. always blows me away. What's the audience like for Maisel, generally speaking? It's a really interesting mix. Uh-huh. You know, Family Guy for a long time was so identifiable. I could yeah. be like, it's these young dudes, you yeah, know. Yeah, sure. Um, Gilmore Girls, it's this, you yeah. know. If I'm at an airport and I see girls approaching me of a certain age, I know they were Lizzie McGuire movie fans. Like, yeah. you can see. Sure. But Maisel's always a shock. It's, I thought it would be just young female, but it's. I thought it would be older. I think the, whatever's left of the old Jews It's must also love it. a bunch of old Jews, yeah. but like, it's also guys. Dudes yeah. love the show. And yeah. we're huge in India. Huh. Well, that's because of the spectacle of it. That's, India that's all. is huge, and it's, in Spain, it, in Barcelona, it was gaining this huge popularity. And you know, there's not a lot of Jews in Barcelona. It's, 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 it's it, it attracts of, yeah. people because you're right; it's grand. Yeah, the theatricality of it, like it makes total sense. That the it would be successful in India, but it's also Indians and Jews. There's a very similar. Yeah. Oh, don't like you what? find that oh, like yeah, with with me. Indian friends that you have. Like a lot of my, we all had the same pressures academically. We all were told uh, like you have to put succeed in a certain education, way. And, yeah. and family, 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 tradition, a, a holiday every week. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't grow no, up with No that, one else has can, heard of. I can know? hear it. Yeah, like, yeah. Real similar kind of family heavy yeah, yeah, tradition yeah. and culture that I think Maisel feels like comfort food there too. Oh, I see. Okay. That, how, how Jewish are you in generally traditionals with traditions and up, whatnot? Up to here. Oh, yeah? No. Um, I, you know, I take the stuff I like yeah. and I get rid of the stuff I don't. Yeah. So we have done like our little Shabbat every Friday night. You do? But what that consists of is, you know, a Candles. Challah. Candles and a challah. And, yeah. You know, we sit, my kid, my son says the little mm. thing over the grape juice. And, yeah. And then that's. That's it. It's not like we're unplugging. After no, but, that, that, but that's end. something. It's just, a, I just. Loved Friday nights at home with those candles and, yeah. and the challah. Really, it's about the challah. Do let's you make be it? Do you make challah? God, no. Uh, Professionals sure. do it and they know how to do it. Sure. What? Who am I? I don't know. Um, you know, we do Hanukkah. Yeah, sure. I'm going to go to a Seder tonight you at are? my cousin's. Oh, that's nice. So it's like the highlights. Yeah. I like the greatest hits. Yeah. 
But I mean, Shabbat candles, it's not nothing. No, that's it's not, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, you know, like that's a thing. You know, it's a, a weekly reminder that isn't sort of based in some stereotype of like, you know, like I'm miserable, I'm this, I'm that, I ate too yeah. much. Whatever. You know what I mean? Like the reminders of cultural Judaism to actually have some sort of ritual that plants you in the history of the thing is and nice. candles are a huge part of being Jewish. It's, mm. you know, every anniversary of my grandmother's death, we light a yard candle, yeah. and and my friend Katie, and and Hanukkah is about lighting candles yeah. for eight nights and Shabbat. Yeah. There's something about that flame, and I yeah. can kind of meditate staring at it, which I'll do. And it's nice. I, I dig it. Yeah, man. So I take the good, and I I lose the bad. Good. Well, you're doing great. It was great talking to you. I'm glad we did it. I'm I'm glad too. I I wasn't sure when I showed up if I was. Gonna be cut up in the. What the hell does that mean? I in don't the know. middle of Glendale, the beautiful house is like this is where I die. Uh, I just think it's bold of you to invite people to your home and like oh. what if what if I'm gonna come back and cut you up? Well, yeah, <laughs> that'll be a story. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Thanks for having. So how was that? That was me and Alex Borstein. I'm giving you the the. Uh, what do you call that? The retro tease, in case you didn't know who you were listening to. The final season of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel premieres uh, tomorrow, April 14th. Her comedy special, Alex Borstein, Corsets and Clown Suits, premieres next Tuesday, April 18th. Both are on Prime Video. Hang out for a minute. Okay, people, if you want to learn a little more about my record collection and the memories it brings up, you can check out the latest bonus episode on the Full Marin. I did replace... Or, or get all of my Skinner records, all my Aerosmith records, all my uh, Tom Waits records. I got all of the uh, ACDC records. I have all the ZZ Top records. I have records that were important to me when I was younger, both townie and non-townie, both townie and art records. But I do, the great thing about collecting vinyl is just how many records you have that you've never seen before and artists that have been around forever or were at a different time have many records out that, I didn't know anything about, or I just knew two songs. So all that to say, recently, and this happens with artists occasionally in my collection, I've decided that some of the big answers might lie in the Canned Heat catalog. To get weekly bonus content plus every WTF episode ad-free, sign up for the full Marin by clicking the link in the episode description or go to WTFpod.com and click on WTF+. Plus. Next week, we've got Ray Romano on Monday, my first one-on-one with him, and Lily Rabe from HBO's Love and Death on Thursday, which I liked a great deal, both her and the show. All right? Do we cover it? I'll let you know how Buster is. All right? And also, I'll, I'm going to maybe engage with AI. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know what happens now. I don't know what happens now. Other than some dirty guitar that I've probably played before.
Monkey and LaFonda, cat angels everywhere. I gotta take Buster to the vet now. He's all right.